The Art of Relationships radio show is copyrighted. No one is to use any part of the show without express written consent from myself, Greg Dzinski, or The Art of Relationships. Thank you. Licensed Relationship and Sex Counselor, Greg Dzinski's, also known as Master G, The Art of Relationships will cover crucial elements in rebuilding emotional and physical intimacy in your romantic relationships. He will also welcome live calls from listeners and help him with these very challenges. Heard of the old repetitive and tiresome tit-for-tat arguments? Greg gets to the root of couples' challenges in a quick, matter-of-fact format, plus applies compassion and humor. Join in discovering how to improve your romantic relationship and your own life. Listen, laugh, and climax to a happier you. Greg is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Michigan, but to some of us, he is simply known as Master G. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh-oh. Ooh, almost screwed up the song. I hope everybody's doing okay. Welcome back to the Art of Relationships radio show. I am live coming from you, or to you, I should say. <laughs> coming from you. Uh-oh. Um, from the beautiful downtown Detroit, the big D, um, Detroit, Michigan. I am Greg Dzinski, licensed professional counselor, relationship sex specialist, Detroit's love guru, as it was coined to me not that long ago. Um, welcome, everybody. This is the Art of Relationships radio show, and I tell you, I feel like almost... A virgin. It's been a while since I've been live uh, battling damn cold, uh, whatever you want to call it, um, going around. Everybody's getting it all over the place. Anyways, um, welcome back. I uh, hope everybody's doing okay. We had in Michigan, I know it's not all over the country, but here in Michigan we had a time change. Saturday night, Sunday morning, and it is kicking everybody's ass, right? <laughs> so, including me too, my energy's been like <laughs> in the toilet. Tonight, we are going to be talking about um, love addiction and hopeless romantic and the hopeless romantic. I was honored to be a guest host on another radio show, uh, Overcoming Addiction, um, Sunday, actually. It was pretty cool um, after a <laughs> rough start. Um, anyways, got on late. But anyways, we're talking about, you know, love addiction, also codependency, dependency issues. And it was a fun show, and I want to carry it over on my own show tonight. And talk about love addiction, hopeless romantics. We're going to get into, you know, are you so addicted to love that, you know what, you can't break out of an unhealthy, toxic relationship. Ooh. Plus, again, any questions you have, you can give me a call live, 313-614-9498. Again, 313 614 Nine four nine eight. You can also join me on the live chat, as I'm sure a lot of people 
will be hopping on shortly uh, to live chat. You can download Spreaker's app. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. You can find it uh, in the App Store for Android or I think iTunes, wherever the apps are for Apple devices, mobile devices, or you can listen at Spreaker.com and search for me, Greg Dzinski, D-U-D-Z-I-N-S-K-I, or The Art of Relationships. And you can join us on the live chat. You can also listen to us at Petcast. Pat, <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> Podcast Detroit. Dot com and uh, SoundCloud, TuneIn, or probably in iTunes as well. But you can only join the live chat on Spreaker app or Spreaker.com. It's a lot of, lot of fun, a lot of insights thrown out there. And you see people will be flooding the live chat pretty soon. And what else is going on? Okay, we are... You know, going to be talking love addiction, hopeless, you know, romantic aspects. And it was a discussion on Facebook, and I mentioned, you know, regarding the show I was a guest host on. And a huge thank you to, you know, Heather and Carrie from Overcoming Addiction for having me on there. Um, It was fun, A a lot of fun. And hopefully, you know, There'll be guest hosts on my show, and I'll be hopefully invited back on their show too. It's a lot of fun, and having you know numerous people on the show is a lot of a lot of fun. You throw out different ideas, it makes for a hell of a show. A lot of fun, maybe some sass going back and forth, but I think I might have enough for everybody on this show. Well, actually, in my own life, and I also want to give out <clears throat> a huge. Thank you to my human sexuality class uh, today. It was very, very cool, heartwarming. A lot of kind words were thrown my way, and I am, oh, my God, so humbled. And I can't remember um, all the years, you know, I've been teaching, too, um, experience that. So, you know, I get some more more words and everything, but it was really, really cool, and I want to give a shout-out to everybody out there, and damn it, you better be listening because I don't have your final grades uh, in or calculated, so damn it, you better be uh, listening to the show. (laughs) Um, No, it was very cool, and I posted a little bit about that on my Facebook page, and you can check that out under... Greg Dzinski. Again, spelling of my last name is D-U-D-Z-I-N-S-K-I. Welcome to the live chat, Princess Fu. That is because you are awesome and deserve it. Oh, I know. I walked. <laughs> I told everybody, you know, all, all the kind words and stuff, and I'm very flattered, very humble, and a lot of warm hearts, a lot of great people in the class this term. And Tony, oh my God, all the more worms. How in the hell am I going to walk out of here with a freaking Woody now going on? And <laughs> it was just not right. But um, I'm very flat. It was cool. Welcome, Princess Fu. We are talking about love addiction and the hopeless romantic. Hearing over from when I was a guest host, like I said, on 
Heather and Carrie's show, Overcoming Addiction Sunday, talking about, you know, codependency, dependency issues, sex addiction, everything else. And I want to cover on, you know, carried over from a post I did on Facebook this week about, you know, I was asked, you know, the difference between a love addict or hopeless romantic, you know, is there a big difference or is there any difference? And I want to get into those aspects about, um, yeah, I think there is a difference, a big difference. And we look at, um, first, you know, a love addict. I'm going to get into this. And this is an individual, and I touch on, you know, like I said on Facebook, in case I babble this evening, getting on, you know, a love addict is one that always wants the, you know, the high. Let's face it, we all, we love that. In love, feeling where we feel loved and craved and desired. And you know what? You can't get enough of each other, right? We just freaking love it and golf each other. And the whole world just sort of, you know, we might ignore it, which might not be good, but we ignore everything else uh, against us. We can't wait to talk, text, kiss, make love, um, you know, be around that person again. And all of a sudden what happens, we get the attitude to where, you know what, when we get in a relationship, we love that person, and it might wane, ebb, and flow, as we know relationships do. And I want to make it clear, you know, I promote people getting closer, getting more comfortable, more in love, more passionate on all levels, emotional, you know, physical. I get that, and I want people to become more, you know, connected, if you will, as the relationship matures. But with the love addiction, they typically don't want to do the work. They want to, if there's problems or whatever, or they get, you know, that in love feeling sort of goes away, or maybe their partner, you know, sort of, sort of mellows out a little bit, and all of a sudden they freak out, and all of a sudden they start going, looking for another, that intense feeling again, and all of a sudden these feeling people tend to go bump, that bounce around like Tigger, if you will, you know, always searching to have that 100% perfect love addiction 100% of the time every single day. And let's face it, that is freaking impossible. I would love that, right? But uh, they tend to push everything out. They lose themselves in it. And they might not be, I don't know, what's the word, open or wise to their gut instincts. And it might be a very, you know, difficult situation. They don't want to work on it. If there's an issue, if there's a problem, all of a sudden, bam, they're gone because, oh my God, I need that addiction. I need that constant high. So they could be ruining and getting out of a very good relationship. That could be you know, a great relationship down the road, but they don't want to work on it. Oh, my God, the feeling that love, you know, in love feeling sort of ways, oh, my God, something's wrong. Bam, I'm gone. Like I said, it's an addiction. They always want that. Hey, welcome to the show, Drake. Master G spot. <laughs> I'm here. Sweet, Drake. Oh, Drake, I want to give you a shout out. Thank you so much for purchasing uh, the book, too. So hopefully, uh, Kathy delivered that to you. I appreciate it very much. No, thank you. Uh, 
give a shout out to my book, I guess, um, sees that total connection, achieving the emotional and sexual relationship you crave, that's available on Amazon. You can also, you know, there's a link in the ebook on my website too. That's theartofrelationships.org, okay? And I appreciate everybody supporting me, spreading that around. Tell your friends, family, enemies, I don't care. No, <laughs> um, no, I appreciate that. Thanks again, Drake, uh, for buying it. Hopefully you enjoy it and it helps you out or maybe gain some insights, whatever. Or maybe it becomes kindling in your fireplace or a barbecue pit or something. I hope not. Um, but the love addict, like I said, they keep, they crave it. They need it. It's an addiction. And if anybody has been around an addicted individual or addicted personality individual, be it gambling, booze, drugs, um, sex, and I get this, and we talked on the, you know, the show I was on Sunday about, you know, a sex addict. A sex addict is not one that, okay, I want sex. I need, you know, I would love sex three, four, five times a week. And you know what? That's what I want. That doesn't mean you're an addict to sex, right? That means, you know, like any other addiction, it affects your daily activities, right? You're maybe not going to work. You're you know, maybe banging a bunch of other people, you know, risky behavior, you don't care, or you're not worried about maybe diseases or anything else. You're skipping work, calling in sick to work, um, you know, always lying, always deceitful to maybe your partner, um, married or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever the situation is. And it interrupts your daily activity. It's usually an addict. So, you know, I get people left and right that come in here, oh my God, my wife's a sex addict. My husband's a sex addict. He wants sex three, four times a week, right? Oh my God, I think he's a sex addict. And I try to be respectful and try to hold back from laughing. No, you know what? That's not an addict. Um, A porn addict, right? They might, you know, rather watch porn than have genuine, real sex. Well, if you masturbate, that's part of sex. But um, a porn addict, you know, typically would rather watch porn than have sex, or they're always, you know, spending a lot of money more than you have, um, you know, buying porn, watch, you know, watching porn. Again, you're not going to work. You're watching porn at work, and you just can't stop. And, you know, you watch porn at work, you get fired and all those aspects. That's a big you know, difference than someone that watches porn periodically or, you know, it doesn't disrupt your lifestyle. So I wanted to clarify, you know, that with, you know, a porn addict or, you know, a sex addict or whatever. You got to be very clear. And a lot of people, you know, throw those terms around and labels around. You have to identify exactly and read up, do your research what an actual addict is. Don't just throw terms out there loosely, like, you know, the big one now, the last, I don't know, five years or so. Oh my God, you're bipolar. You know what? <laughs> um, not necessarily, right? You have to be diagnosed again, right? You have to be diagnosed by a licensed uh, mental health professional, aka me, 
a medical doctor, psychiatrist. Um, so you got to be careful to throw words out there. Now, if you think you are, your partner is, that's a different aspect, you know, than look at it and look at getting help. Just because you have different sexual drives doesn't make you, you know, or your partner a sex addict. So, um, a love addict, right? Bounces all over, like I said, tigger, tigger, trying to maintain that constant in love, um, infatuated feeling, if you will, and you're shut down the outside world. Maybe, you know, also, you're always being with that person. You might be shutting out friends, family members that you used to hanging out. And I know, you know, when we get in a relationship, we want to spend time together and all that stuff. I get that. And that's healthy. And I, like I said, everybody's different. If a, one, you know, two people get together and they don't have a lot of friends or family around, they're not going to do that. But that's, you know, just an example. If you do have, you know, you go out with friends, family, whatever, you're used to seeing them, all of a sudden you cut them all out for the sake of a new person um, and you're bouncing all over the place, that's not a healthy situation. You have to look at, you know what, am I addicted to love? And let's face it, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I, I love that and love feeling. Who the hell doesn't, you know? Um, but to work through those and to, you know, work through problems and issues in a relationship to make it stronger, work on problems, that's all about a healthy, happy relationship. But an addict, they're not going to work on problems. Usually, typically, the first sight of, of a problem or an issue, bam, they're gone. They're looking for that, oh, my God, if it's a problem, something's wrong, I'm out of here, it's not right. So they're craving that in love feeling. Excuse me. I get, and the big difference, you know, getting on to the hopeless romantic. And I was, like I said, I was asked this, isn't a hopeless romantic a, a love addict or a person that's addicted to love or that in love feeling? No, 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 no. We get the hopeless romantic is one, right? That is, oh my God, loves romance, you know, little mood music all the time, always writing love letters, notes, cards, you know, flowers, the whole routine. And a hopeless romantic can be a woman or a man. It's, you know, a lot of, when a hopeless romantic, everyone assumes it is a man in that role. Not at all. A lot of women, and we all know, right, women are romantics, right? Not all women, (laughs) believe me, not all women are. Um, So a hopeless romantic will work on problems. They'll work on issues, and they're always being romantic. That does not mean, ah, they're going to sell themselves out, though. The hopeless romantic might be able to look at themselves and look at, you know, okay, I understand the problems, and I understand this ain't working for me. That is the big difference. You know, they're able to work on problems and look at issues, maybe look at their own issues and not sell themselves out and work through the relationship issues. Once there is an issue, they're not going to book like a love addict, okay? They're not going to be able to look at the dynamics and say, you know what? Oh, my God, I'm out of here. I want that constant love feeling. The hopeless romantic is aware of 
there's the ebb and flow of the relationship dynamics, but they were always looking for maybe ways to spice up the relationship, make their partner feel loved, appreciated. God, who the hell doesn't want that? And Drake, I know you mentioned, okay, trust, once broken, so hard to repair. Look for a sign, our first, huh? Looking for signs, you know, our first to look at yourself. I agree, Drake. And, you know, I recommend that daily. And I know you listen to the show for a little bit now. And, you know, I mentioned that about being able to look at yourself first and look at, you know, what am I doing to maybe cause that person to be hurt, to be pissed off at you or, you know, my partner, you know, is not being that loving, not romantic, not that affectionate. What am I doing to cause that? Some people are able to do that. Some people are able to maybe, you know, they're always looking at themselves. So I'm doing this wrong, doing this wrong. They might not be doing anything. Their self-esteem is always taking a hit, and it shouldn't be. And then there's, you know, once it's about taking responsibility. Look at yourself. What am I doing to cause this in a relationship, cause her or him to be ticked off, pissed off, angry, whatever? And then you need to have a healthy sense of self and confidence to be able to look at, you know what? Um, I am sort of honestly doing this. I'm not... You know, look at, and there are narcissistic individuals out there that won't look at themselves, right? Everything else is their, everybody else's fault. Throw them out of the equation. But you're able to look at yourself and say, you know what? And you do an honest assessment, genuine assessment, and you're able to look at your farts. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh my, I'm babbling all over the place. I apologize, people. Hopefully I'll get my voice back. Oh, last week when I was sick, oh my God. (laughs) Oh God. Hilarious, talking about farts. (laughs) You get back, oh boy. Um, You get back at the dynamics, you know, looking at, what is healthy? What is your role and responsibility in making a relationship maybe less desirable, not healthier, your partner, or even yourself being, you know, unhappy in a relationship like Drake mentioned in the live chat? You know, look at yourself first. I'm all about that. Then, you know, look at, you know what? Well, what is my partner not doing? But that should happen after the fact, right? Um, that should be, like I said, that should be done after the fact. Look at yourself first, and then you go from there. So going back to a hopeless romantic is able to look at, maybe look at themselves, and always looking at ways to make the relationship better, um, happier, looking at different ways to make their partner feel in love. Like I said, we all know the stereotypical love notes, you know, buying secret um you know, surprises, maybe candy, favorite, whatever, treat, flower, whatever. I had one client, uh, a couple I saw yesterday, I think. You know, it was funny. He was, you know, going through the mall, whatever, by himself. And he found, he remembers his girlfriend, you know, liked, was looking for this certain 
um, color of lipstick, and he found it, and it was only, I guess, at one store or whatever, and he ended up seeing it going, and he bought it to surprise her. Um, it was cool, little things like that, you know, being a hopeless romantic, but being a hopeless romantic doesn't mean you are selling yourself out or you're taking the hit all the time that, you know, you're able to maintain your sense of self and also being able to look at, you know what, this is not working for me and I'm not being going to be disrespect or allow myself to get treated like crap. So that is the huge difference between, you know, love addiction and also the hopeless romantic. Big, you know, so big difference, big, big, big difference. A love addict might think that that in love feeling should be there no matter what, takes no work, it should be easy, whatever. The hopeless romantic is aware it takes work, and they're going to do things to try to make it, you know, try to keep it going, make it happen, where the love addict, you know, the moment there is despair or an issue, bam, they're usually gone because they want the intense adrenaline rush and the dopamine levels increase and constant. That will get you in a lot of trouble. Okay, give me a call. 313-614-9498. We are talking about love addiction and the hopeless romantic. And you join us on the live chat or give me a call. Uh, Please, I'd love to hear any insights any questions you have, the Art of Relationships radio show is about you people out there. So I want to help you with any questions, any issues that you might have or challenges you're dealing with. And it doesn't have to be, you know, about relationships. It can also be, you know, maybe you're having a hard time grief, loss issues too. You know, I'll be more than happy to try to help you out. And again, you know, it's not a counseling session. It's a different format. Um, Probably more of a smart ass cocky on here. That's just who I am. But I'm also compassionate, very humble. Okay. So I want to help people out there. That's what the show is about. Drake, good. Keeping it real. Keep it going. Um, now I want to get on about the hopeless romantic, and I want to get on dynamics. You know what? Is the hopeless romantic? Is it a bad thing being a hopeless romantic? Is it bad? Are there limitations to being a hopeless romantic? And I want to hear from men and women. Can a hopeless romantic be over the top? Meaning, come across as too needy. Ooh, you know, is that a big issue? You know what? We're going to talk about this after a quick break. Okay, this is the Art of Relationships radio show, and I will be back after this quick break. If you're looking for that unique, cool fashion statement, check out Shoes by Shay on Facebook. She has hand-painted, uh, hand-designed canvas shoes for you, your loved one. It's an inspirational piece unique to your own taste. Check out Shoes by Shay on Facebook. Again, that's Shoes by Shay on Facebook. 
You're listening to the Art of Relationships radio show on the podcast Detroit Network.
Welcome back, everybody. This is the Art of Relationships Radio Show. And we're back live to you, coming from live, or it is live, <laughs> downtown Detroit, Michigan. Hopefully, everybody's having a very uh, awesome weekend, okay? And it is hump night. Princess Fu, yeah, I am feeling actually a lot better. Still have some sinus crap going on, um, but definitely a lot better than I was last week. I couldn't, no one could hear me. My voice was gone. Oh my God, it was bad. My energy level was in the toilet as well. So I appreciate that, Fu. Now I am doing. Definitely a lot better. I think I told people in the human sexuality class today, um, I'll be doing the live show, and the only way I wouldn't be if uh, I was freaking dead. <laughs> um, I don't like skipping the show uh, by any means or taking the night off, but yeah, no, it was bad. <laughs> um, speaking of feeling better, hopefully you're back to normal too. Princess Fu, as she is coming on the live chat. So you can join us and other listeners on live chat if you download the Spreaker app for Android, Apple devices, or, you know, um, you know any, um, your iPads, uh, tablets, whatever. And, or go on Spreaker.com and search for me, and um, you'll find it. Join live chat on there. There's other uh, applications you can listen to the show as well, but you won't be able to join the live chat. And you can also give me a call, 313-614-9498. And Princess Fu, I'm glad you're getting there too. I know a lot of people are going through a lot of crap Flus, cold, sinus, bronchitis. Um, so I hope everybody out there is doing well. They're feeling a lot better for those people that have been sick. And a huge, you know, deepest wishes for everybody that might have sick 
loved ones out there or, you know, chronically ill, fighting through, you know, cancer, pneumonia, um, you know, some illness that are life-threatening. So my deepest wishes to everybody out there for those loved ones out there. Now, get back to the hopeless romantic. Um, Princess Fu, I get that. I think I'm a hopeless romantic, but I am realistic. And that's awesome. And I think that sort of goes in line with what I was mentioned uh, right before the break. That talking about, you know, the hopeless romantic can maybe observe, look at what they're doing and hold on that to themselves. Now, there are hopeless romantics out there that are very codependent, and that's not a healthy situation. A ho- healthy, you know, hopeless romantic is one that is able to look at and understands relationships might go through ebb and flow. They don't need the constant, you know, high in love feeling that an addict, a love addict will require, you know, they require it 24-7, and if it's not there, they're gone. They're on their way to somebody else real quick, okay? So being realistic, you can be realistic, absolutely, and still be a helpless romantic, okay? And, you know, we get into, and I'm going to get in Later on in the show, we're going to talk about, you know, maybe differences, codependent and dependency issues. And, you know, because you're a hopeless romantic, does that mean you are not sticking to your own values? You're not loving yourself and you're allowing yourself maybe to uh, settle or maybe get treated a certain way that normally you would not allow, okay? that you're strong enough and confident enough to say, hey, you know what, my needs are important too, and I shouldn't be the one that's doing all the work in a relationship. Yeah, I'm being a hopeless romantic and doing my part and doing my share. However, you know what, I want a partner, a lover, to be able to do the same things, okay? There is a huge, huge difference. I want people to be loved, of course, be desired, And, you know, I want it to be how you want to be loved and not always to the point of selling yourself out. And you know what? You're always doing the work. And the other person, eh, they're sort of half-ass in it. Now, the problem is with the hopeless romantic, what happens if they have a partner that is, you know what? This is just me. I'm not a hopeless romantic. It's not just me. And they don't want to evolve. They don't want to grow. Then, you know, what do you do? Are you stuck? Are you, do you stay there? And I've talked about this on numerous shows before, and it's not an easy situation to be in. And I'll get into, um, you know, dependency versus codependent aspects or maybe personality types or in relationships later on in the show. Now, I want to hit on um, going back to the hopeless romantic. I would love to hear some individuals on the live chat or give me a call. I want to hear, are there boundaries that are in place with, or boundaries, limitations the hopeless romantic. Can it be over the top? Now, I'm going to hit on men, and I want to hear from the ladies 
out there too. And I want to even hear, maybe this is you out there, men, that you're playing this right role. And what is the difference between, you know, you have a helpless, you're a hopeless romantic being a guy. Can it be over the top? Can it be, you know, should you set limits? What do you do? And the old adage is, you know, does being a hopeless romantic, does it mean you put your man card through the shredder or it's in your girlfriend or wife's purse up on a shelf in a jar? You know, the old, you know what? You got to take your testes back from the wife or girlfriend because she's got them in her purse. And does that mean, you know, being... Uh, that you lose yourself and be a hopeless romantic and be, you know, a wuss. Now, are there limitations out there for a man to be a hopeless romantic, but they're seen by their lady or whatever, or maybe in, you know, not only heterosexual, but gay or lesbian relationships that they're seen maybe as a sap, maybe the doorman, that they're being a wuss, and maybe they're not being, you know, manly because they're too much of a hopeless romantic. And I want to hear, are there, you know, women out there that think, you know what, I want a manly man, you know, and they want a manly man, hopeless romantic at the same time, and you're supposed to get it right. What is what? <laughs> you know, what the limitations are, and you have no freaking clue. So you do one, no matter what you do, it's wrong. Why not? How are women like that, right? No. <laughs> Princess Fu, I meant, um, no, I want to read, uh, I want a grown-up, someone who is serious, too, not always fun in games. Oh, shit, there goes me. Sometimes I wonder if it is habit, even though there is a lot of love, I wonder if it is enough. You know what, when you're talking about... Um, that's actually a great question. You know what? Is it, are you in a relationship? And part of us are in a relationship, you know, let's face it. Is it out of habit, out of comfort? Or is it, you know, we love the person, but we're, you know what? We're not in love. And we're told throughout history, society, right? That we are supposed to be, you know what? doesn't matter if you, you're going to fall out of love and you just need to stay together to death do us part. And society says this, religion, whatever. Oh, yuck. (laughs) I promote healthy, passionate, loving relationships, right? I don't want people to be unhappy and, you know, they could be married crap for 50 years and be totally unhappy and, Talk, I think there was a student in um, human sexuality today that were talking about that, you know, her mom and dad been sleeping in separate bedrooms for no reason other than maybe they can't stand each other for the last 20 years. And I'm like, man, that sucks. That's why, I, okay, Drake just mentions you know, comment on this topic is that's why some women choose bad boys. There's no rules. Is that true, right? So, um, you know, is it that women, you know, can we Drake, you know, talk about in the live chat, is there a parameter, you know, that some women or all women like bad boys that there's no rules 
and they try to get guys to love them, whatever. How many people, how many, face it, how many women out there are addicted, you know, to bad boys? And that's all you do, no matter how they treat you. And you just, you know, you want to, the chase. Maybe you're addicted to that chase aspect or what those bad boys do to you. How many men out there? I'll throw this up for you, Drake, out there too on the live chat. Um, how many men out there are addicted to bad girls? Ooh, you bad girl, you slut, you. Ooh, baby. No. Or that, you know, you're addicted to the old age old adage that, you know, nice guys are addicted to bitches and that you sell yourself out. You know what? I'm going to make them love me. I'm going to make them do this. And it's one of those as part of the love addiction or even, you know, the healthy aspects of the hopeless romantic that you're always trying to get the chase. Is that part of, you know, the addiction, the love and all that, is it actually the chase? And once you have it, you're like, eh, I'm bored. <laughs> and I'm looking for it again. I always want to chase. I always want to be that. Um, it's almost like the drug addict after always chasing the white pony. Ooh, ooh right? Um, and another question on live chat, you mentioned, you know, so when do you know when to give up and not fight for the relationship? That is, you know, that's a great question. And this is so subjective. And I get this asked, oh, my God. I get this asked by clients, uh, couples all the time, Greg, you know, or individuals going through a rough time in a relationship, contemplating divorce, uh, when to fight, not when to fight. And I tell people, if you are the only one that is fighting for the relationship and you need to maybe pull back and stop. Maybe allow a little space for the other person to go after you. Sometimes, and I'm not in the games and not at all. I'm not in the playing games with anybody's emotions, not even with yourself. Sometimes, you know, by you pulling back, and it's not pulling back or playing games, it's you Holding on to yourself. And I use that term a lot. And I know Drake listening to the show and Princess Fu on the live chat and a few others mentions that, you know, heard me mention this all the time um, about sticking up for yourself and not selling yourself out, okay? And part of when I say about pulling back, it's not a game. It's you giving yourself an ultimatum. I'm not going to be in a relationship where I'm not feeling... Loved. I'm not feeling desired, craved, sexually um, appreciated, or whatever. And you know what? Part of me is, you know what? If they're not giving me what I need, they don't care. They're not fighting for the relationship. You know what? Why am I? It's you taking a stand for yourself. And by you pulling back, if you will, or taking that stand, and you loving yourself, that might trigger a change in the other person. I can't guarantee it. Not at all. Sometimes it'll trigger the other person to say, hey, wait, what's going on? What's going on? The problem is, you know what? When you start maybe giving again and always fight for a relationship, you're always worried about the other person falling back and not fighting again. That's what I try to guard against and help couples guard against that where that doesn't happen. You look at 
the situation to where, you know, if it's that always give and take and it only lasts a short term, then you have to look at if that person is really not working at it and not really maybe being lazy in the relationship might be a better term that if they're not able or willing to evolve and grow towards your needs and you're doing all the work, then maybe a separation is needed and, you know, just uh, step back a little bit and assess your own needs and what is valuable and important for you, okay? And that is... um you know, that's usually my recommendation. You take a stand, give yourself an ultimatum that you're not going to be in a relationship where you feel that you're the only one working or fighting for the relationship and the love and the passion and the sex um, and feeling cherished that you want that from your partner too. And that's what I promote. So it's not really, I, I definitely don't get in the playing games. And the way I put it, like I said, taking a stand for yourself is not playing a game. Not at all. I'm not into the tip for tat game. I get rid of that with the couples I help. Um, and, you know, being able to do that. And I want to get, Drake, you mentioned never throwing the towel if they're worth fighting for. Um, too easy to quit. That's what's wrong with the world. Drake, I agree. Um, Better to have than have not. Drake, you know what? I agree that it is a lot of times, and it might be, I don't know if it's society. It could be society. It could be people being selfish, spoiled, you know, not looking at putting forth the work, and they feel, you know what, they're lazy. They don't want to look at it, and they feel like, you know what, if I don't get what I want, bam, peace out. You know what? It's all about me, part of being selfish. And I agree with you. I think it it can be too easy to quit, but a lot of people, maybe they should have quit a long time ago. And it's very subjective. You know, if they're in an abusive relationship or the partner, I got a new client, a couple I saw um, all the time. He's cheated on her that she knows of. They've been together, I don't know, I want to say eight years, seven, seven, eight years, something like that. She cheated on, or he cheated on her that she knows of uh, seven times, seven or eight times, and I'm assuming it's more than that. And she finally took a stand that, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm taking a break and I can't, you know, taking a stand for yourself. You know, it's very subjective. And I I agree, Drake, to a point, it's too easy to quit. But there's some people that might hold on too long to an unhealthy situation. Look out, you know, what the hell is going on, okay? Um, So I agree with you um, on that aspect, too. And I never throw in a towel if they're worth fighting for. And that's a good point. And how can you define if, that individual is worth fighting for. If they're not fighting for you, again, like you mentioned, Drake, a long time ago in the chat, that, you know what, you look at yourself first. What am I doing to cause this person not to love me? What am I doing maybe to cause them not attracting me? Maybe I got bad body odor, (laughs) you know, grooming issues. I'm always looking 
at myself. And I recommend that people to do that as well. But if your individual, if your partner is not willing to do the same or even a little bit, then you look at, you know what, maybe I'm worth fighting for. And if they don't think so, then maybe it's time to say peace out or take a break from that. Princess food. There are no games. I don't know. Um, you know, there are no games. I agree that I know, no, you know, don't be in a playing game big time. Okay. Um, I'm not in a game, and you look at, you know, what is going on in the situation if it's not working for me? Do we need a break from the relationship? Sometimes, you know, people always say about a separation that it's, it can wreak havoc on a relationship. Now, a separation, do you agree? Now, this is where trust comes in. You know, we're going to separate and see what we really want, we're not going to date other people. When there's a separation, and you agree on a separation, that um, there's no dating other people, no talking. It's you looking at yourself, working on yourself, and perhaps the relationship. Now, what happens in those situations where there's a separation? Usually, one person doesn't want that. Then the other person does, they go about do their business, and the other one, oh, they're going to come back to me, come back to me. Now you're bringing back jealousy, trust issues, all that aspect, or are they coming back just because they have to, they feel like they have to, whatever. So you run into a delicate, delicate balance when you're talking about that, but sometimes a separation can be... It can jar the relationship up and realize, you know what, I do love this person. I want to work on it. Um, so there are times that, you know, a separation is warranted. Again, it's up to each individual in a relationship and up to the, uh, you know, couple in that relationship as well. Do I re- ever recommend a separ- separation? You know, I might recommend or throw it out there, but I also tell Every couple, this is your decision. This ain't mine. I don't live your life. I don't walk in your shoes, right? And it's very unfair of so-called professionals to, you know, tell you, you need to do this. You need to do that. Suggestions, yes. Telling the couple what they should do, that professional does not live your freaking life, right? So remember that, people. And I rant and rave about that on Facebook once in a while and even on the show, the Arts of Relationships radio show, okay? Um, Drake, I agree. Never go into a relationship if you're planning to change. Oh, him or her. Thank I saw that up. up. I agree because a lot of times, why is it that, you know, Men go into a relationship hoping that the woman never changed, but she always does. And women go into a relationship hoping, you know, she's going to mold and, you know, make him a better man. And all of a sudden, he doesn't. Her expectations are shot to hell. And all of a sudden, oh, my God, I'm not happy. And you're like, well, this is me. This is how I've always been. <laughs> um, I agree. You go into it with that expectation. Um you're going to be very, very disappointed, okay? Now, going in hoping that you're going to grow and evolve together, that's going to, that's healthy. That's a great thing, but that doesn't mean you're expecting uh, your partner maybe to be 
the potential that you have in your own mind. That gets to be a very dangerous situation, and maybe that's where it comes comes out of where the love addict has all these expectations. They're too high. They're too unrealistic. They're too much of a fantasy realm. And when that person doesn't meet it, it's like, bam, peace out. I'm gone. Okay. Um, Drake, you mentioned uh, 50-50. If there's no fight, then there's no need. One life and joy. I agree, Drake. And I think part of the aspect, you know, if they're not fighting for you or the relationship, why are you doing that? And I hear, oh, my God, because it's selfish, because of this, because of that. You know why? You want someone that wants you too. And it's when it comes down to the foundations and the basis of that, you want somebody that wants you too. My philosophy is you never want someone, you know, you never want to beg someone to be with you or to have sex with you, right? And it gets to, you sort of, when you do that, you lose your own self-respect. You start resenting yourself and your partner, believe it or not. When you start begging and pleading your partner to be with you, stay with you, to love you, have sex with you, they're going to lose respect for you as well. And I'm going to tell you, I, I can almost guarantee it. Can I guarantee it 100%? No, but I bet you it'd be around 98% that they're going to lose respect for you. And that is, you know what? You want to definitely stir away from that because that's going to kill the relationship big time. Once respect is gone, it is very, very difficult to gain that back. Okay? Um, I'm going to take a quick breather. Again, the second last break of the evening, and I will be back in a moment. Remember, this is Start of Relationships Radio Show coming to you live from Detroit. Write the call in number down 313 614 9498. And I don't know if a lot of people are shy to give me a call. Um, just on live live chat, and when you call in, I'm not going to ask for your name, okay? I respect your privacy and respect, you know, you being anonymous if you wish to do so, okay? So there's no worries. Um, Your privacy is held in utmost respect. The names in live chat, they have given me permission a long time ago to mention their name. If you give me permission, of course, uh, you know, I'll use your name, whatever. But if not, Um, I'm not going to do that, okay? So I'm going to take a breather. Be right back in a couple minutes. Thank you. You're listening to the Art of Relationships radio show on the podcast Detroit Network. Along the way, if you feel I've left on my path as I seek success, I wish you the best. If you're feeling it's a lot that I'm forgetting and I'm different, or I'm still myself, I wish you the best. Along the way, if you feel I've left on my path as I seek success, I wish you the best. If you're feeling it's uh-huh. a lot that I'm forgetting Listen. and I'm different, or I'm still Listen. myself. 
I live my life by the rhythm, drums and bass From the bottom I carry everything I face I've been blessed, I've been granted, from that I take Moving on maybe muffles up my mistakes With age, lost wisdom of the time it takes Seeing life is a chance or a time to waste Got the urge to try to change what I can't Feel I lose, turn to faith Think I win, then that's fate My surroundings shape what I create Make my concerns what I can change Humble myself to whatever outside my lane As I see my life like it's a game It's a lot that I can and I can't explain Forget my mind, not my heart If I push you away Never mind your intent to ever be that way Along the way, if you feel I've left on my path as I seek success, I wish you the best. If you're feeling it's a lot that I'm forgetting and I'm different, or skill myself, I wish you the best. Along the way, if you feel I've left on my path as I seek success, I wish you the best. If you're feeling it's a lot that I'm forgetting and I'm different, or skill myself, listen, listen, listen. Time travel through the music, reminisce on what I did in ways I used to do it. Hip-hop is my influence, good and bad, both ran congruent Taking on the world and was never was proven Cause I knew everything and everything was stupid What about me and anything I'm doing? I gather peers and they fed into it Saw the more rappers and people who work And more producers and those in the church Not what I promote, but imagine the scope Where every day you converse about rhymes you wrote And beats to pick that'll go with this No attention in class cause my focus is To use rap as a platform to blow up big Me and my friends, that's how we live Along the way, if you feel I've left on my path as I seek success, I wish you the best. If you're feeling it's a lot that I'm forgetting and I'm different, or I'm still myself, I wish you the best. Along the way, if you feel I've left on my path as I seek success, I wish you the best. If you're feeling it's a lot that I'm forgetting and Listen. I'm different, or I'm still myself. Listen. Reach many goals, maybe set them low I reflect on life with a lot to show Without much hat attitude to get my own Humble myself, that's how I took that on So the people of my past, they'll often ask What and how I'm doing ever since the last Tell them that I'm blessed just for what I have Nothing special kind of boy, that's my path And they thinking I'm religious when I'm close to sinners Don't live my life by rules, man is written Seeking knowledge for myself and my past decisions Refilling, rethinking what had me in it Seeing faces, draw memories and emotion If I seem off-putting, no, I'm always open What was and what is change where I'm going That's why history is so important Along the way, if you feel I've left on my path As I seek success, I wish you the best If you're feeling it's a lot that I'm forgetting And I'm different, or I'm still myself I wish you the best Along the way, if you feel I've left on my path As I seek success, I wish you the best If you're feeling it's a lot that I'm forgetting And I'm different, or I'm still talking myself about, man. I'm home That right Hey, I am back this is the Art of Relationships radio show coming to you live from Detroit City. And I want to give a shout out to uh, the singers, lyrists, if you will. Um, that was Wish You the Best by Carrie Frazier, Detroit's own hip hop artist. That is K H A R. Why, Frazier, um, check them out. And the other players, Rev, Right Time, Regular, and Skyway Traffic. So make sure you check them out. Give them a lot of props. Uh, again, Carrie, K H 
A R Y Frazier with a Z and Rev Right Time and Skyway Traffic. Make sure you check them all out on Reverb Nation and also Facebook and YouTube. Okay, give them props, send them love. Uh, a lot of talented people and good people too, right? If they are um, jerks, a holes. Um, narcissistic a-holes, if you will, arrogant. Um, I don't care how talented they are. I will not be promoting them. <laughs> Plain and simple, okay? Very real. Um, going back to the show and talking about, you know, the hopeless romantic aspects and, you know, getting, you know, I talked about love addiction Elements and actually throughout the show, but mainly at the first part of the show, talk about hopeless romantics. And we got into, you know, individual on chat that, you know, I'd be more than happy, you know, I'd love people to join chat and you learn from each other. And also, you know, give me a call here, 313 614 9498. And Drake mentioned, Uh, right before the break in the live chat, you know, this show is deep today. Uh, I don't know whether to apologize or not. Yeah, it could be deep, uh, Drake. And, um, some shows might require, you know, I don't know, require. It's just one of the mood wills. And hopefully everybody, um, you know, if you listen to the last couple episodes, you know, the, you know, embarrassing, um, sexual, experiences oh my god that was off the hook and a lot of fun and now you know it got sort of deep tonight which it does you know some topics going to talk about it gets deep and it gets very you know heartfelt and emotional at times too that you look at you know dynamics about when to call it quits in a relationship or not and I want to get into you know finish up this evening, you know, but the hopeless romantic, you know, do you, are there limitations and are there, you know, do you want your partner to be a hopeless romantic, but do you have limitations with that? What drives you nuts? What's you consider your, let's face it, the man to be a sap, maybe a wuss. He's too much of a hopeless romantic or not manly enough. You know, he's hopeless romantic, you know, Don Juan, the old, you know, if you want to say connoisseurs of um, the hopeless romantic or the sexual, ooh, what do you want to call it? Sexual prose, if you will, or, you know, that they use hopeless romantic and women ate it up. But also, are they able to, you know, are they man enough in the woman's eyes that they want? Or even, you know, in, like I mentioned, heterosexual or, you know, homosexual relationships. And you look at, can it be over the top? And do you lose respect for, say, a man that is more, you know, they're hopeless romantic all the time. Like I mentioned, healthy way to be a hopeless romantic is not losing yourself not losing confidence, being able to stick up for yourself and demand or maybe command respect from your partner. And you can still be that. And I want to get into um, part of a love addiction 
is, you know, a lot of people don't look at it this way, is the issue of codependency or dependency in a relationship. And the big difference between the two, and they get intertwined, interused often. And, you know, I don't get in uh, people talking about this on the street. Oh, yeah, this is this way. I don't correct people. It's like whatever. Um, you get in a situation you know, codependency is usually about you need to feel needed. You, your whole purpose is to take care of somebody else. You know, typically, you know, the premise is you have someone that's codependent that is usually with an addict, you know, alcoholic, or maybe even an abuser. They're going to fix them. They're going to make them not so angry, not so aggressive, not so mean, not so, and I'm going to, you know, I'm so dependent on making them that. That's my whole purpose. Or my whole purpose is to take care of a drug addict, uh, alcoholic, right? When they get clean or they dry out or become sober, you know what? Oh my God, I have no purpose again. I can't handle it and I need someone else to take care of. Ooh. And yes, you can be codependent with your kids too, that that is your whole purpose. And all of a sudden, your partner is like, here, I'm left out here. You know, I'm not even, it's not even a relationship. It's you and the kids. And I'm left out. And it's like, ooh, that's a dangerous situation. And then the codependent issue, if there's an affair, and I don't promote that. If there's an affair, whatever, then they bash. I can't believe you cheated. You did this while looking in the freaking mirror, and you're wondering why that happened. Again, like Drake mentioned at the beginning of the show, that it is, you know, look at yourself why stuff happens. But um, the codependent needs to feel you know, that their their whole purpose is to feel needy, that they take care of somebody else, right? That is, I think, the easiest. And when people interchange codependent and dependency, the dependent person, the way I like to sort of, I don't know, my analogy for it, if you will, is the dependent person, they're the one that is needy. Codependent wants someone to take care of. The dependent person is all about themselves, okay? They're the ones with needy. They always want their feelings valid. I mean, we all want our feelings validated. But, you know, if they're loved, if they're in a bad mood, if they're angry, if they're depressed, whatever, it's always their partner's responsibility or maybe even the kids, which is a very unhealthy situation, they're always <clears throat> wanting their partner, they're responsible for their feelings. So the dependent individual is very emotionally needy, right? Their world or, you know, it everything, their emotions are what matters, nobody else's does. No matter what's going on, you need to make me feel wanted, needed, loved. I get it. But this is dependent and they're, you know, it's the other person's duty. And there's almost like they're demanding the other person to um, always be there for them and always reassure them they're loved, they're um, appreciated, they're um, beautiful, they're this, they're that. And if they don't and they get mad, they're upset, it's 
their partner's fault that they're upset, they're mad, whatever. They're mostly needy, and it's like the whole world revolves around their emotions, and it's like, <gasps> so, you know, you look at it as codependency, is that somewhat like uh, addiction, and also dependency, are those any different than maybe a love addiction, maybe just in a different form. They want someone, be it the kids that, you know, are always responsible. It's almost like um, Munchauser's aspect that, um, you know, they, they have the kid that's, they want the kid sick, having cancer, and they don't have it because of the attention they're getting. They're emotionally needy, and they're using other people to get that need met. It's sick, and it's very unhealthy. And when you're with somebody that's very dependent, they, the dependent individual usually will be manipulative. I mean, you don't love me. You don't think I'm beautiful. You're this. You're that. Oh, my God. And what happens is also, right, if you're honest with the dependent individual and tell them this, then you're mean. You're being a dick. You're being a bitch. You're mean. I can't, you know, like I said, they're not going to look at themselves or they have a very, very difficult time to look at themselves. And it's always because of you, right? I'm feeling this way and it's your fault and it's your job to fix it. It's your job to make me feel not this way anymore. And oh my God, it is a lot of work. Um, It is, it's emotionally draining and it's emotionally grueling. And you're usually people that are with dependent people. They're the ones that are left feeling lonely in a relationship, that their feelings don't matter. And it's all about their partner. It's all about him or her. And you look at that situation and it's like, you're you're like, oh, (laughs) And then, right, if you want to leave, you want to get out of the relationship, oh, you don't love me, you're this, you're that, you're mean, you're this, and they start manipulating you and throwing guilt trips at you, and if you get in that situation, you need to, uh, you need to look at yourself, you know what, that it's going to be very, very difficult that that person is going to evolve and change. Like I said, the codependency issue and the dependency issue, they are almost like an addiction in itself, if not like a personality trait, which are very, very difficult to break. Do I want to say cure? No, because they are... um, I'm going to tell you, be honest with you, that type of aspect in relationship, they're going to be very, very, I'm just going to say, very difficult, if not impossible. And I don't want to throw out impossible, but I'm going to say it's pretty damn close when you're dealing with someone with a codependent or a dependent personality aspects that, you know, you look at the elements and what's it going to take to trigger it and why am I this way and some people they will play the victim role or they're always you know like I said getting out of that comfort zone not being dependent anymore or being codependent in the relationship and you know what they're 
it's going to be difficult, and they want to get back in their comfort zone and not fight through that or get help through that. And there's a book out there. It's called Codependent No More that can help. But again, you know, it's it's almost the essence of the person to get out of that situation. And I told people, and I talked about when we were talking about this on overcoming addiction on Sunday when I was on their show. Yeah, there's a plug out for them. <laughs> uh, you can do on Facebook, you know, overcoming addiction. You'll be able to find it. Um, and I talk about with couple dynamics or individual, just individual issues that are having, you know, relationship issues. The most difficult for me as a therapist, as a professional to deal with are people that are codependent or dependent um, in relationships. They are the most difficult and you know, trying to get at those situations, look at them to move through that and get through the comfort zone. Like I said, it's almost a personality trait that it it's almost who they are. And to come through that element and to get them to grow and change and evolve, I'm going to tell you, um, these people typically do not want to hear what you have to say, especially if it cuts across their essence of who they are. And you know what? They might, the dependent individual wants you to come, you know, part of therapy is making them feel good, making them feel loved, making them feel important, making them feel this way. And typically when you confront them and you're being honest and maybe I'm going to say therapeutically blunt with them. They don't like that, and they're going to go looking for somebody else, another professional that will blow smoke up their ass and tell them whatever they want to hear. Plain and simple. And I'm being honest out there. I have people, Drake mentioned, you know, I keep it real. Um, I do keep it real, and I'm being honest out there. And some people might not like that, but I'm like, Oh, well, too bad, okay? Um, talking about, um, I'm trying to get back to your comments, Drake. When you mentioned about, um, you know, I think sometimes one feeling they're not attractive. I agree when they're not feeling, you know, attracted in a relationship and all of a sudden they start selling themselves out. And also part of, if your partner's not making you feel attractive and, Part of it might not be the physical elements. It might be the emotional elements that, you know, being emotionally needy or being um, that you lose that respect, like I mentioned earlier, that you become, you know, emotionally can kill attraction in, uh, can be a huge factor and kill the physical attraction is killed by the emotional aspect. And part of this is part of, you know, the uh, addictive aspects or dependent dependency or codependency um, issues, personality traits, and they can be very, um, very difficult to deal with. And you're looking at the codependency more than a dependency aspect is, you know, they're selling themselves solid every time. And they're the ones, they're going to get into an ebb and flow that will 
you know, they'll fight for themselves, but it's almost like their bark won't have any bite. And the person say that they're with that is an alcoholic, addict, um, sex addict, whatever you want to call it. You know, they know that they're just yelling, screaming, whatever, because they're going to go back right to the same way because it's almost like they, they know it. They sense that person needs to feel needed, needs to feel their purpose to take care of somebody, and they almost know it. They might yell and scream and complain about your behavior, you're an addict, alcoholic, but they're going to not do anything about it. They're going to stay right there. They're going to yell, bitch, complain, but they're going to fall right back and not do anything about it. And that's sad. It's a very unhealthy way to live. Um, but again, who am I to say it is about people being happy, being healthy? And that's, you know, that's what I promote. And that's what I want people to look at the dynamics. Yeah, part of it, Drake, is part of being controlling, okay? <sighs> okay. Hopefully, I am going to say goodnight to everybody. Hopefully, everybody maybe learned something. I hope. That's what the show is all about, to help you in your own relationships. Not only in a relationship, it's for the single people out there as well. Make sure, please, check out my book, Seize That Total Connection, Achieving the Emotional and Sexual Relationship You Crave, uh, on Amazon, or you can uh, check it out on my website, www.theartofrelationships.org. You can check me out on Facebook as well under Greg Dzinski. Um I am, I guess, so I'm told, <laughs> Detroit's love guru. And hopefully everybody has a very, very, very enjoyable week, okay? Enjoy, what do I want to say? Enjoy the weekend. St. Patty's Day tomorrow. And this is, or has been, the Art of Relationships radio show. Thank you for listening, everybody, and those in the live chat. I appreciate everything you do to support the show, uh, support me in my efforts and helping everybody else out there, okay? Peace to everybody out there. Much love to everybody. You're listening to the Art of Relationships radio show on the podcast Detroit Network. Licensed relationship and sex counselor Greg Dazinski's, also known as Master G, the Art of Relationships will cover crucial elements in rebuilding emotional and physical intimacy in your romantic relationships. He will also welcome live calls from listeners and help him with these very challenges. Heard of the old repetitive and tiresome tit-for-tat arguments? Greg gets to the root of couples' challenges in a quick, matter-of-fact format, plus applies compassion and humor. Join in discovering how to improve your romantic relationship and your own life. Listen, laugh, and climax to a happier you. Greg is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Michigan, but to some of us, he is simply known as Master G.